Hi. Hi. I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English Podcast, the place to be for anyone who wants to watch more movies or read more books. This is episode 95. Oh, snap. Getting pretty close to 100. We are. We are. And it is also Movie Report 3. This is something that we've done in the past where it's uh, um, inspired by book reports of grade school past. Um, (laughs) Basically, we each pick our own movie that we want to watch for our own reasons. And then we watch it and talk about it here. And then next week, we'll watch the other person. Each of us will watch the other person's movie. And then it'll be more like a regular kind of episode where we kind of get into it. Uh, We've done this in the past and it's been cool. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I think it's always fun. I agree. I also think it's very fun. You never know what's going to happen. It's truly an unpred- our most unpredictable type of episode. <laughs> um, but yeah, so you mentioned that it was we're getting pretty close to 100. And I, I don't know if I mentioned last week or if it was the week before, and I just forgot about it last week, um, that our uh, 100 episode is coming up and we're going to rank or tier list or do something with all of the movies that we've seen for like specific episodes so far. And I had a question for you because I made that list up today. And uh, do you want to include the ones that we did for movie reports? Sure. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because I I, I didn't want to do the challenge week ones because like that it wouldn't have been both of us watching it fit the pod. But I think for these movie report ones, it could work. I just wasn't sure if it would or not. But if you think so, let's do it then. Yeah. Yeah, I totally think it could work. Cool. In that case, I have a list of all of the movies. There should be 41. Wow. So far. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, so yeah, more on that. We but uh, I think I have what we're gonna do each week planned out until then. Oh, awesome. So uh it'll be cool. So we can kind of start start doing that doing that uh in the coming weeks and it'll it'll be a fun hundredth episode extravaganza. So fun. Cool. Well, but before we get into introducing two more new movies for movie reports to add to that list, how has your week been? What you been up to? I went back to school this week. That has really been the main thing. Um, and it was kind of a weird week, honestly, because we had like a snow day <laughs> in the middle of the week. And it was our first week back. And I was just like kind of trying to get back into the swing of things. And then classes got canceled for like a day and a half. Um, uh-huh. So, yeah, it was really just, I don't know. It's just kind of weird. I guess it was sort of like a nice like transition week, though, because there was like an unexpected break right in the middle of it. There you what, go. What was like otherwise supposed to be a hard week. But yeah, I'm really excited about all of the classes that I'm taking this semester. They are all so unique and cool. And I'm feeling really optimistic about the coming semester. So, yeah, it was a good nice. week. Yeah. Yeah, the winter break, too, in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> Did you yeah. have <laughs> Did you have Martin Luther King Jr. day off? 
I honestly don't know because I don't have classes on Mondays anyway. Uh, <laughs> so I have no idea if the university as a whole is closed on I Monday see. or not, but I didn't go. <laughs> I see. Did. <laughs> we didn't have any classes on Monday, so that was interesting. One of my classes is a three-hour class that's only on Monday, so I just oh. didn't have that one this week. Yeah. Oh, that's nice. Crazy how that works. But uh, hopefully online online or Zoom University is uh, done for the rest of the semester because we've been online these first two weeks. So now that we are recording on Friday night, mm-hmm. so I, th- I hope that my last uh, fully online classes are, are done with for this semester. I'm ready to get back in person. Yeah. Yeah, I was in person this week and it was so nice. Nice. So I hope you get to have that too. Yeah, me too. It's been so long since I've had a full semester, like yeah. I guess relatively full semester in person. And now this being my last semester of them all. Unless I decide to go to doctor school sometime down the line too. <laughs> or maybe not even doctor school. It, it probably wouldn't be doctor school, but <laughs> some some sort of graduate type yeah. thing. <laughs> um yeah, no, this is going to be an interesting semester for me as well. That's awesome. I think I think I mentioned last week that it's going to be a, a different vibe for sure. Yeah. I'm mixing things up, so we'll see. <laughs> That's so exciting. Yeah. It's fun and cool. I agree. So the way we've structured this in the past is that we kind of take turns. We first, like... Uh, introduce the movie that we chose and like why we picked it and then uh kind of like first impressions or like first thoughts after uh watching it and then uh, the third section's like uh kind of more um in-depth like like uh maybe more analytical or maybe not necessarily analytical but like a little more in-depth kind of just like general ideas and themes that you thought were cool and that sort of stuff does that work yep sounds great is that is that a winning formula i think it really is cool um do you want to go first or do you want me to uh, i want you to go first oh man okay <laughs> um so i like i don't know how strong of a pick this one was i could have gotten more out of the box and i kind of wish i did i thought about that as soon as i was like getting ready to record um, this is an Italian movie from 1961 called La Note, The Night, uh, directed by Michelangelo Antonioni. And uh, yeah, this is one I, I, I chose this one because I wanted it's been on the watch list for a while and it seemed like the right time to watch it. I just, you know, I trust those gut feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so this is like the second in a sort of unofficial trilogy of La Ventura and uh, this is the middle one. And then uh, La Equis is the, the third and came out in like 60, 61 and 62. And they don't really share any of the same characters or anything. It's not like a trilogy in that way. It just kind of explores like similar themes and that sort of stuff. Um, and I'd watched La Ventura a little bit ago. It's been a while now. I talked about it on here at some point and I was impressed by it, but it was like missing a little something for me. But I was like intrigued. I don't know. I've heard like really good things about it, and uh, it, it it seemed like I just like didn't quite click with it. So I, I wanted to try 
other two and see, you know, what was going on there. Um, yeah, so Lenat. And uh, it stars Marcelo, Marcello Mastriani and uh, Jean Moreau and Monica Vitti, who are, they're all like uh, really big movie stars. It's, it was like the, the star power in this movie was unreal. And they all had, they all have like such screen presence. So uh, it was, it was interesting. Nice. That's and, awesome. uh, yeah. So that's why I picked this one. And I thought that you wouldn't mind watching an Italian movie. I would not mind at all. In have fact, you seen this one? I have not. I've never even heard of it. Okay, cool. If you'd seen it, I would have felt a little awkward. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I feel really selfish about my pick. To be honest, I didn't really consider your viewing. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> when I close it, I just really wanted to watch it. Um, I watched Magnolia, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. I've been on a total Paul <laughs> Thomas Anderson kick lately. I just can't stop watching them. And Magnolia was kind of at the top of my list because I knew that it was uh, it was one of those movies where seemingly unconnected stories connect, mm. and I love that kind of a, a plot. <laughs> I guess. So I sought this one out. Um, I don't know where you're going to watch it <laughs> because I saw it in the movie theater on a special showing that I'd been like, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's three hours long. So it's, so it's, I don't know, it's a bit of a commitment. So best of luck to you. Um, yeah, that's what I watched. Cool. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I wonder how I am going to watch that. We yeah. see. <laughs> Worst case scenario, I can Venmo you like $3. No, so. that's fine. You don't have to see. <laughs> you do. <laughs> um, I also, I forgot to mention that uh, it's called The Night because it takes place over the course of the night. I mean, it's it's the day. It's like 24 hours. So it's like the day and the night and the day the next day. But, wow, uh, we kind of keep like accidentally picking parallel movies because Magnolia is also the course of 24 hours. Oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, and that's actually the reason why I picked this one over Le Clis. Uh Well, I mean, there's a number of reasons. The first was that uh, they came out before it. They got to like watch in order. Um, but also, I think you've, have you, you've mentioned at, at some point that you like movies that do that. Yeah, uh, I did. Because you really like good time, I think. Yes, true. Okay. Yeah, and that was another one of the reasons. Nice. Um, yeah, this one was cool. I really like this movie. I was a big fan of La Nut. Um, <laughs> it, 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 uh, it scratched the itch that La Ventura didn't. Um, and I think the difference is that for me, I really like a movie that's uh, like more contained, I guess. And mm-hmm. I guess that's not always necessarily true, but I think uh, I, I hold movies that try to do more stuff to higher standards because I think a lot of the time it feels like it kind of gets messy and goes overboard. Yeah. And I think that might have been a little bit of the problem with La Ventura for me. Um, it came out in 1960, which is the same year as La Dolce Vita, which is one of my favorites all time. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one that really does kind of go for everything and hit the mark. Um, so I guess like I was comparing La Ventura to that one a little bit. Um, meanwhile, Lenat is one that kind of just works within its framework and is able to 
do as much as it can within its constraints, which are like, that makes it, it I, I don't want to give the impression that this movie doesn't try as hard as La Ventura does, because that's not the case. It's more that like, it, it it's um, narrowly, more narrowly focused, I guess. Uh, and I really like that. And I thought it worked. This is, I would say it's not for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I guess this might like go into the later section, uh, the, the next section a little more. Um, I personally really liked it. And uh, oh, I forgot to also, <laughs> we're so we, another thing that we, I'm pretty sure we did on the other episodes is that we did a little like uh, plot um, rundown and synopsis first. Mm-hmm. So I should do that before I get into more of these, uh, these wide, wide uh, arching kind of statements. Okay, but go ahead. It basically follows a husband and wife throughout the course of their day, starting um, with when they go visit a friend who's dying, mm-hmm. who's a good friend of both of theirs. And uh, it follows their days, the, the day, and uh, he's an, the, the man is an author. He just did a, wrote a new successful book. And so they go to like a book party and then, or like a book like a daytime party without drinking and then uh in the evening like a uh like in an office you know like that kind of party like uh and then in the evening they go to like a, a, a another party that's not for him but that they were invited to and uh kind of just and it's one of those that you just kind of get the vibe of it more than anything that's actually happening like mm-hmm. the vibe is what's important um and this one does it so well it kind of is all about urban loneliness and mm. uh they're like um there's like friction and something's not right you can tell that something's not completely right between the husband and wife's relationship and uh it, it uh you have to figure out i mean you can kind of see what's going on and then you just kind of i don't know hard, a little hard to explain but it's just all about these uh strong but subtle emotions nice yeah i'm very excited to watch it yeah i think you may or may not like it (laughs) i'm not sure (laughs) you might really like it but you also might be like a little underwhelmed i think that's that's one of the things magnolia is about a handful of people living in california i think the san fernando valley if I'm not mistaken, I don't know for sure, but I'm pretty sure. Um, and it also follows them over the course of a day. And there are many people that this movie follow, like truly a lot of stories. I think that probably one of the critiques that you will, will have among with others is that um, a, some of the stories are just kind of underbaked compared to others. Like some of them definitely just get more fleshed out. That didn't personally bother me though, but we can talk okay. about it. But, um, okay. <laughs> But yeah, it kind of just follows these like just just a handful of characters as they go about their day. Um, They get connected in more and more intricate ways as the plot of the movie goes on. Like I said earlier, it's three hours long. So really quite a lot happens to each character over the course of this day. Um, And the, the more you watch it, the more the themes start to kind of unfold in your mind. I would say there's a good amount of the movie where you're where I wasn't understanding <laughs> Uh, why why these stories were all being told in 
in conjunction with each other and then it kind of clicks and okay. I, I don't know i just kind of like that there's not really much of like a definitive plot it's really it's a very very character driven movie awesome and what what did you think of it was oh, it yeah. and <laughs> i loved it and my whole mind was absolutely <laughs> by it i gave it a perfect 10 out of 10 on first watch and I cannot even believe how good it was. I came home. Okay. Also, this was the first movie I ever saw in the movie theater all by myself. So congratulations, oh, Addie. Uh, awesome. <laughs> big deal. <laughs> It'll always hold a special place in my heart. But I was like on the edge of my seat towards the end of the movie, like truly just like astounded <laughs> by the stuff that was going on and what was being said and like the subtleties of what had been like building up over the entirety of this three hour movie, which felt so short honestly didn't feel like three hours at all i was so stunned and floored by the thoughts that it like left me with i just like thought about it my whole drive home and then i came home to my roommates and i just started like ranting about it and i was like you guys have to watch this movie like it is all that i want to talk about um i really was just like stunned by how much i loved it it is now my favorite paul thomas anderson movie which is really saying a lot because i also really I kind of felt this way about Boogie Nights when I watched that one too. But this is even better than that, in my humble opinion. There you go. Awesome. Yeah, I'm at the point, I realized this the other day, I'm at the point where it like kind of irritates me when I have to go to the movies with someone. <laughs> I've gotten so used to just going by myself that like <laughs> I don't even think about it anymore. And like I realized as I, because I went and saw Another, I also this week I saw a Paul Thomas Anderson movie in the theaters, uh, mm -hmm. which was Licorice Pizza. Mm -hmm. um, and at some point, I, I just was like thinking about it. And I was like, uh, wait a second. Like most of the movies I go to are just by myself. There's only been one or two that I've gone with someone recently. And they're like, it wasn't as fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. So yeah, I now, kind of loved seeing seeing this movie alone, and I was like really emotional over it. And I kind of wonder, like, would I have allowed myself to be so emotional if I was there with somebody else? Okay. I don't really know. I don't know what the answer is, but something yeah. about seeing it alone, and it, I don't know, it just like really was so impactful to me. There's quite a lot of like long monologues in this movie, um, or just kind of like extended close-ups where you're watching characters freak out and you're just kind of hearing them speak and i they just all got to me for some <laughs> reason i don't they all the performances in this movie are like absolutely <laughs> insane the dialogue it just feels like so authentic i don't i don't know it was really it was really just so good <laughs> okay that made me realize what i was going to say earlier it was actually the same thing about the, the performances really kind of create the movie. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's like the cinematography was also like really incredible, but it's just something about like, and I think that's the case with Magnolia too. There's a lot of names in there that I recognize. Of people yes. That one. Yeah. Um, and they it's like the movie star presence, but also like you fully believe them as whatever character. Yeah. Absolutely. I think that was the case for for my movie as well. Nice. Um, I guess deeper thoughts about it. Yeah. Let's see. The themes a little bit. The themes. La note. 
the night. That's something that I also wonder sometimes is that which uh, some of the movie titles that you hear are just translated versions and other times you just leave it in the original language. Mm-hmm. And I just never know who makes those decisions or like why something is like that. That's a good question. I also don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like a lot of Italian movies are still in Italian when you hear them now that I think yeah. about it. Hmm. But uh, yeah, I think this one really kind of got to me because it felt uh, so, I don't want to say real because that's not exactly it. It's not like you can go and see these things. It's not like a like a story that is just like an everyday life type of story. But it may have been in the 60s in, in Italy, in kind of the uh, intellectual circles. But um, I think I mean more just like it, it feels natural. It doesn't feel it. You, you believe in the world that you're watching. Because there was this big question of um, this dialectic between um, realizing you're watching a movie and not and and like getting lost in the world of the movie. Mm. Um, which is something that's like interesting to apply to various different types of movies and directors and whatever. But uh, I think for this one, you kind of really get lost in it while at the same time kind of being impressed by it, Mm -hmm. if that makes sense. But I just love that kind of concept. Um, The subtleties make this movie, you can see like the subtle moments that really kind of draw you in and you say, wow. And it really like kind of makes you believe in these characters and what they're going through. Kind of like put your own interpretation on top of it. It's really cool. While at the same time, you're just really impressed by like the way that the cinematography is, and also like the direction um, of just all of a sudden it'll cut to a shot that's like the wall is pure white background, and uh, you have like someone standing out in front of it, and it's just like wow really kind of just punches you in the gut with the, with the beauty of the shot. Wow. Um, and I think this is something that's really interesting about like specifically artsy movies in Italy from the sixties that just, they all happen to be black and white. This movie is in black and white, by the way. I don't think I've mentioned that, but just this weird, like specific style of black and white cinematography. Mm. And especially cause they're all wearing like obviously black and white clothes, like suits and dresses and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's just like such a thing in this movie um, because that's another thing, I guess, that like um, is like a stylistic element is that because it's taken place in like one location for the most part, like most of it takes place in this party that they go to in the evening. Since it's like only one place in one time with the kind of one day movie type of thing is that you can have so much control over certain things and still make it feel natural. Like everyone at this party is wearing only black and white. And like, it makes sense. Like all these black dresses that everyone's wearing and like, it makes sense and it works because it's like, okay, we understand that that's what the party is. I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this, so, and it's just like in this, the way that it's shot is just like these black suits are just like completely, it's like a black hole in the middle of the screen. And the contrast between like the, really bright white backgrounds and all the black clothes is just, I don't know. It just really works. And it really kind of 
makes the vibe of this movie, I would say. Alongside, you know, like all the imagery you see is just only in black and white. It's called The Night. And it just kind of gives like this whole feeling that I think visually works really, really well and kind of like adds to the whole, like culminates the whole experience of watching it. Yeah, big fan. <laughs> that sounds amazing. I'm really so excited to see it. Uh, yeah, I personally really liked it. I think it's one that, um, it's, it's one of those that at least in my experience, like it kind of just depends on the experiences that you have watching it. Mm. Like I totally would understand someone if this like didn't do it for someone. Okay. Um, I think it just, it just really worked for me and I really liked it. And I wonder about this, like also if it's having somewhat having to do with like the experience of watching it, like if you, if you weren't in the right headspace, then it, it might not have clicked and it might not have been like such a thing. I just wonder about that. I have no proof. Who knows? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's an interesting one that uh, just, it just really clicked for me. And I, and I think that uh, if it, if it doesn't for you, for you and then for anyone listening also <laughs> that decides to check it out, um, you know, I also kind of get it because there are a little like there are moments in this that are really slow and not much happening, but uh, I think at the end it really comes together and like creates an ending that really gets you thinking. Nice. I like to think. <laughs> at the end of the movie, I want to be thinking. <laughs> so that's exciting to me. Awesome. Cool. Should I get into my thoughts on Magnolia? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. So there are many pretty heavy topics that are explored in Magnolia, but I think, and a, and a lot of different types of uh, like relationship dynamics too, because of just how large this cast is and how many characters there are. But I think that the overarching theme of Magnolia is really kind of about men and fatherhood specifically kind of and also maybe just like the insidious nature of the patriarchy <laughs> I think it's about like some of the most subtle ways that men are harmed and and also harm women because of like the nature of our society it doesn't really get into nearly as much violence as the other Paul Thomas Anderson movies that I've seen, which was kind of surprising to me because it felt like there was a lot of opportunities in the movie to go that way, but then it just didn't. It was really about just more, more subtle forms of harm, I guess, or also just kind of implied harm that wasn't like directly shown in the movie. Um, you, you see these like fathers, fathers to daughters and fathers to sons, fathers to children who are estranged from them, men who are at the very ends of their life, and young boys who are being exploited by their fathers. Like it just, it really kind of covers <laughs> a large spectrum of like men and boys and their relationship with other people in the world and, and what happens <laughs> because of them, I guess there are only really two women in this movie. Um, and both of them are, I guess their characters are almost like used as means to talk more about, sexism and the consequences of it i guess or yeah yeah i guess that's what i would say and um i don't know some of it is really extreme and some of it is kind of 
goofy and satirical. Like, for example, Tom Cruise's character is pretty famously uh, this like extremely misogynistic dating coach, like the type of person who's like got these like infomercials that are essentially like women need to be obedient to you because you're you are the man, you know what I mean? Like, like he like collects audiences of men who just want to have power. And a lot of it is about the power dynamics of gender, I guess. Um, but it is just like explored in so, in so many different ways because there are just so many characters. Um, yeah, I think that that is, I think that's the big theme. Awesome. Hierarchy. And why it's bad. Men. <sighs> Men. How dare they do that? <laughs> there are also male characters who are good in this movie, though, too. And it kind of shows. I, I don't know. It kind of it kind of shows your options, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um like ways that the, the patriarchy can influence men sometimes to be really harmful, and ways that like men kind of uh, go against the like societal norms that they've been taught and do better essentially, I guess. And also men who realize too late that they didn't do that and then kind of have to like live with the consequences of the knowledge that they harmed a lot of people in ways that, you know, has only husbands and fathers can. Um, it was really, really powerful. I thought, I thought it did a really good job of doing all those things and it made me emotional and gave me a lot to think about. I watched an interview with Paul Thomas Anderson after I watched this movie where he said that he wished that he'd cut it down quite a bit. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it was a bit too long. And so <laughs> I should have let somebody edit it or like check me on this. But personally, I didn't feel that way. I thought it was a really quick three hours. Um, and it's, it really is so heavy. Like that is kind of, it's a huge theme to tackle and he does it pretty well. It gets to like a lot of different stuff. Um, and it's also, you know, hard to watch, but he's also, he kind of just has sort of an absurd sense of humor is what I've gotten from a handful of his movies. Kind of, I guess it's kind of a dark humor, but it's also just like a little bit weird. Like it's to say that it's dark humor is not quite enough. Like it's strange. There is a scene that happens towards the end of this movie that I don't know, lasts about 10 minutes. That was so bizarre and so shocking that like, I can't believe that it was never like spoiled for me. Like it, it's not even like a twist, but I can't believe that people don't talk about it all the time. <laughs> like, mm. like, like one of the most iconic movie scenes that I've ever seen. And then I was even reading letterbox reviews before we started this episode where a handful of people were saying the same thing. Like I, I like, I just can't believe people don't talk about this last scene enough. And I don't want to say what it is until you watch it. And then we can talk about it for real. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, he just makes a lot of choices throughout this super long movie that uh, help to, almost lighten the mood but not in a way that's like dismissive of the theme at all like it's almost like that yeah like he's like well aware this is the state of the world and it's bad but also we're all just human beings and like we have to kind of have some fun somehow and, yeah. and it's weird and kooky <laughs> <laughs> and that's it all exists all together at, at all the time and i just like that i don't know it's very authentic the whole movie, the whole experience. Yeah. Awesome. I think the Coen brothers have a similar kind of sense of humor from what I've seen from P.T. Anderson. Yeah. But the, that just reminds me of a specific moment in Licorice Pizza. 
where uh, the guy, the one guy, is talking in the really exaggerated, uh, like Asian accent. Yeah. And the first time he did it, I thought it was hilarious because I thought he was making fun of the lady. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like, look at the like, what, who does she think we are, <laughs> or something? Right. And then, like in in a later interaction, it's clear that he's just doing that. <laughs> <Right>. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that, was, that just like really stood out to me for now. Yeah, in like the handful of Paul Thomas Anderson movies that I've seen now, it's become so clear that like he has such a talent for just writing like such obscure character quirks. I guess mm-hmm. like you don't even feel. I don't even want to call them quirky. Like that just doesn't feel like a good enough word, but it's just sort of like you, this has got to be pulled from people that he actually knows because it's just like, this is not stuff that you just make up or if he is, I don't know how he's doing it. I guess (laughs) so much of this movie felt like so personal and just like, like how would you ever write a character like this? Like that just has to be a real dude. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I'm trying to think if that reminds me of uh, of uh, the first thing that came up, and I don't know if it fits or not, is, is uh, Murakami and the way he writes his characters. Mm-hmm. Just like weird quirks that aren't that like, uh, maybe maybe not necessarily super bizarre in some of the cases. Some of them are pretty out there, but uh, just the way that they're realized feel a little like, how do you come up with this type of stuff? Yeah. <laughs> How did you come up with this? Um, yeah, so a lot happens in this movie that's upsetting, but also funny. I don't know that it's funny in a way that makes you be like, "Damn, <laughs> that, this that works." Hurts. Yeah, <laughs> there's one scene specifically where Julianne Moore, who has become one of my famous favorite actresses ever, she is so great. I love her a lot, but Julianne Moore. Uh, is on drugs this like entire movie like that's kind of her her what her character is struggling with quite a bit is substance abuse um and she's just like high out of her mind and goes on this long like like cussing out tangent rant toward to this pharmacist and it is like one of the most like funny and crazy scenes that i've ever seen but it's also it's not funny because she's really struggling but it's it's just so like it's just so absurd to watch and this is just like oh my god (laughs) what am i supposed to do and there's there's a handful of scenes like that but that's the one that stood out the most to me i gotcha um, I'm realizing now that I didn't really talk about like a central theme of uh, Lenot, but I think it's definitely about like love and whether or not it lasts <laughs> fading and uh, burning and uh, interchangeably. Um, yeah, I think it really kind of gets into that. That's like kind of what the whole thing is structured around. Um, and like you have ideas of how each character feels that stay the same in some ways and change in other ways as more and more stuff happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's in- it was interesting to me because like the general vibe felt the same throughout the whole movie of like what each of the characters wanted and what were the obstacles, but, like the specifics kind of changed and altered or the way that I thought the specifics Mm. happen were changed and altered 
um, as like new stuff happened. And it was interesting because some of the times I was like, oh, that's just tough, but it's no one's fault. And then other times I was like, okay, there's a clear person at fault here. <laughs> and it was just interesting. It's, yeah, it just like really gets you kind of thinking about like kind of placing yourself in the same situation and mm-hmm. figuring out what you would do. So cool. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah, yeah. I really think the, the theme of Magnolia is just like manhood, but nobody else on Letterboxd was saying anything like that. So I don't know if I'm just really biased <laughs> and look for stuff <laughs> or what the deal is, but it's just so centered around male characters. You see like, like so many different phases of life too. Like there's a, like, I don't know, like boyhood and being on the cusp of realizing that maybe your father isn't like the the person who can do no wrong that you once thought he was and then being in like the middle of your life and uh struggling with like i don't know career and relationships and like the status and the power that men are supposed to have and then also being at the end of your life and struggling with facing all the things that you did wrong (laughs) before um yeah oh my god it was so good I can't wait for you to watch it. I can't wait to hear Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, I'm excited to check it out. I'm, uh, I don't know how I feel about Paul Thomas Anderson overall. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of his movies that I, that I, of this, of the ones that I've seen, like, uh, I wasn't super blown. Oh, that's not true. And I watched There Will Be Blood. That one did blow me away. Like, I never had like a super personal connection, like it seems that you've had. With a couple, yeah. but then again, the ones that you said you felt that way about are the ones that I haven't seen. So there you go. We'll I, <laughs> I can't figure out why I feel so connected to all of these. I don't. I don't really know. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's part of like the thing about him is that he yeah. he, he makes such very specific movies. Yeah, and uh, it's really interesting. And like it's, it, I think my favorite that I've seen from him has been Licorice Pizza. But I think I felt the same way that you did about it, where it's like, I, I liked it, but it wasn't like, it didn't like blow me away completely. Yeah. That's funny. Licorice Pizza is probably my least favorite right now. Hmm. But I'm making my way through all the licorice. I, I really enjoyed Licorice Pizza, but it just like had the least to say, I guess, of all the Yeah, ones. that's fair. Yeah. And I just really like agree with what he has to say in, in all these other movies, I guess. Like, I think I talked before about, feeling like there will be blood and boogie nights are both so like anti-capitalist and just so like, just this like harsh warning against greed, uh, which I loved. Like I thought that they were both so good. And this one was so like, so anti-patriarchy and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, that's <Nice>. awesome. <laughs> yes. Paul Thomas Anderson, you go. I agree. There you go. There you have it. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how I feel about it. I'm sure I'll like it. And I think for me, it's like not of I I don't know. I can make like evaluative claims or like a lot more objective. Mm-hmm. More and more to me as like I learn and read and figure out more and more stuff and mm-hmm. become a film scholar or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh and like in an opposite way like a proportionally opposite way is the more importance i put on like my just gut feelings towards something and like how much it kind of just like 
really connects with me in the moment of watching it. Yeah. So it's really interesting because a lot of the times as I'm like filling in the, the gaps of these like really well-known older movies that are just like everyone recognizes as the best, mm-hmm. like, okay, yeah, I can look at it and say that it's objectively incredible movie, but how did I feel about it watching it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's when it's like, it's getting a little weird for me because I have really kind of getting in my head about like the, the experience of like being in the right headspace to watch certain right. some things. And yeah. I don't know. It's interesting. It really is. Yeah. I really can't wait to hear what you think about Magnolia because I think that you will probably find a lot more like critiques of it just as a movie than I did. <laughs> and I'm excited to hear what they are. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah yeah it'll be cool either way i'm excited for it cool all righty um yeah so i guess so my my plan right now is i think we can go through to episode 100 and we'll have it all planned out if we do next week is the second part of the the book reports or movie reports and uh then it's wrap up for january Mm -hmm. and then i think if we can do the book club that first week I would like to, because yeah. like I'm, I'm getting close to finishing this book, and I don't want to like have it finished too far ahead of when we talk about it. Yeah, that works. I, I'm very into a hundred years of solitude now. It took me a sec, but I'm loving it. Awesome. Okay, yeah. So that'll that'll work out. And then uh, I want to do episode ninety nine and do a big Q and A. Okay. Like like a hundredth episode Q and A, because there won't be enough time to do it for both because of this right. thing. Um, it's going to take up a lot of time. So I think it can be kind of like a little bit of a two-parter in that way. We'll like take any questions and do a little question thing on for number 99 and then the big list for 100. I think it'll, and I think that'll work out pretty well. Okay, perfect. Um, all right. So yeah, now that, now that we have a plan for everything, we got, we got it all planned out. Nice. We're, the last couple of weeks, we're a little uh, flailing around. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's all right. It all worked out. Yeah. Um, cool. So then all that is left for this week is to recommend an album. Um, the album that I will recommend this week is Mass Education by St. Vincent. Um, I've been into St. Vincent for a good couple of years now because I saw her open for Florence and the Machine and she was awesome. <laughs> I don't know. She just seems like a really cool gal. Um, I, Mass Education, I guess it's kind of like a... I guess it's kind of like a pop rock album, maybe like electro rock pop. I don't know. Kind of a kind of pop, but with like an edge to it. It's a little indie bit pop. a little dark. It's a little bit of a dark indie pop. A little <laughs> dark. A little dark. Yeah. Edge. I like it. It's good. I'd recommend. Awesome. Uh, let's see. My album is called No Talking, Just Head by... <laughs> The Heads. Um, <laughs> so this is basically the Talking Heads, but without David Byrne. They released an album mm. uh, as The Heads. And basically, it was the original lineup of the band. And they just, for each song, they had a different person come in and sing on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's really interesting. There's like a lot of different styles over the course of the thing. Because I don't know like exactly the whole story behind it. I just found it basically at a CD store or in a record store in Germany. Oh, cool. Like, this seems cool. And then it was on CD and I'm finally listening to it in my car now. A common theme with my recently recommended albums, but uh, <laughs> just I've been driving around a lot for the first time in a while. 
Um, but I don't know exactly how it, how it like went down when they made it, but um, there's like a lot of different styles. It seems that like all the people that came in and did it kind of put their own spin on it. So it's like a really unique and diverse. There's, there's some of that don't really work for me, mm-hmm. but uh, most of them are at least pretty cool. And a couple of them I'm like a huge fan of. And they're some of my favorites. So I don't know. It's a really interesting kind of mixed bag that I would strongly recommend to anyone who that sounds interesting to. Awesome. Yeah. That's a yeah. Sweet. Um, cool. I forgot. I think that we, for when we talked about the movies, we didn't make like a little recommendation type of thing for them. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do that now? I know it's like the very end of the episode, but uh, sure. I think we can just jump into it. Okay. Do you want to go? Uh, yeah, I can go first. I, well, I, I rated this one a 9 out of 10. Um, and I think that uh, it's, it's one that uh, if you liked something like La Dolce Vita, if you've seen it, or like just stuff from that same era, I think this is definitely, you know, worthy of being up there with, with the big ones, I guess. Um, but I think in some ways it's also a little challenging um, just in the way that it kind of like uh, there's periods where it doesn't seem like a lot is happening. Mm. Um, so I think I would give that disclaimer, but uh, I think it's definitely worthwhile watch for anyone who's like interested in that kind of era. Cool. Yeah. I would say almost the same thing about Magnolia, just in that, like you have to go into it knowing that it is long and there are parts where it seems like nothing is happening and maybe it'll lose your attention a little bit. So I gave it a perfect 10 out of 10. I tr- I think it's a flawless, incredible movie that everybody should watch. Um, but uh, yeah, I would just sort of give the warning going into it. Like just give yourself time and patience, I guess is what I would like. Just go into it knowing that it's, it's kind of a slow burn and it's pretty long, but I think it is really worth uh, the more challenging watch you get a lot a lot out of it cool there you have it and now we're really ready to end our episode <laughs> nice um oh and this is just a friendly reminder to anyone who would be interested i made a little video that i put up on the patreon publicly um that anyone can go check out about uh movies that came out in 1921 uh a hundred years ago all the all the all the movies from a hundred years ago um, and I kind of say whether or not they're, I don't know, worth watching today. And I, I just watched a bunch and I wanted to talk about it. It was a fun little project that I had a good time with. Um, and I, I watched my first movie from 1922 earlier this week as well. So I've now, I made it, I, I'm doing it a little differently, like how I decide what order to watch stuff in. So I set that all up and I'm going forward for this year's version, which will be uh, a little different, but uh, the same in spirit. So there you have it. Very nice. Um, yeah, so that's on our Patreon page at speaking or patreon.com slash speaking English. Um, and then you can also follow us on Instagram, um, which I will we'll be more active at some point. Maybe we'll see. Um, but uh, if you message us there, we'll always respond. So yeah, there you have it. There you have it. Cool. So have a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, do great things this week. It's it's going to be a good one. Thank you, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye now.